Hello and welcome to the Compassionate Leadership Interview. I'm Chris Whitehead and my guest today is Adrian Brown, Chief Executive and owner of Vascular Perspectives. Adrian, welcome. Morning, Chris. So, Adrian, uh, let's start uh, by you telling me something about your organisation and your role there. Okay, so uh, Vascular Perspectives, or VP as we tend to be called now, is a medical device distribution company, but we tend to do distribution quite differently in respect of working with high-tech devices, high technologies, in a lot of cases, new technologies, but we tend to focus more on how we educate physicians and theatre teams with the idea really of teaching and sharing the latest techniques. So we're becoming more than just, should we say, shifting a box or selling products. It's become very much about how we help and engage uh, physicians and their teams with new technologies. And certainly we very much believe in sharing ideas that improve outcomes. So it's we're at a point now where we certainly are seeing that it's not just about the technology, it's also about the techniques that sit around those technologies. Yeah, tell me a little more about how you, you came uh, to take up your current role, Adrian. Well, first of all, I have to say this is a, a business that my dad set up in 2003. He um, had a, a long time, uh, 20, 25 years in the medical device industry. And um, he asked me to join in 2009. Um, Prior to that, I was running design agencies. I'd been a, I trained as a graphic designer, ran various agencies and sold them, merged them to digital agencies, progressed like that. And I was at a point in my life whereby I just hit 40 and I did fancy a complete change of career. Um, I was doing a lot of consultancy work at the time. And dad asked me if I wanted to get involved. And I grew up with a lot of the products that we were selling and sell now in in the car and as we were going to school and I understood what my dad did but I didn't really understood the nature of the products so he asked me to get involved I got involved in 2009 uh, there's quite an in- interesting story about that because I was I was interested but I wasn't so sure how interested I was hmm. um, and I do believe this and we'll come on to this um, probably a bit later on as the stories uh, unfold that if you're going to do something you've got to believe in it And at the time when he asked me to get involved, the thing for me was, did I really believe that this was the right thing for me and my career? So, as I say, I started in 2009 and we we progressed from there. And it was just myself and my dad and Simon, who is our accountant now, or he's actually RFD. And he was doing an hour uh, a month for us. And it was just the three of us. And that's how it started. So it seems to me that, that VP is almost a crossover business, a crossover between medical equipment, which was its original roots, and communication and education. That's yeah. what you've brought to the party. Uh, I, yes, I think so. Um, and as I say, that, I didn't, that wasn't planned. You know, when I originally got into this, um, it was very much to learn something new. But as things often happen in business is the more you go down a track and the more you realize that there's an opportunity and a need and a very, very valuable need, the more it kind of opens up. And again, going back to what I said about the entrepreneurial side of things and just trying things is become very, very apparent to us all. And we certainly push that now into business. So it has worked that way and we found that track, but it wasn't by design, it just happened, but we were open 
for that to happen. And again, I think that's super important for people in businesses to be open to those ideas. So, uh, so how would you describe your take on leadership of that group of people, Adrian? Well, as I say, we are working with some very skilled people and a lot of these people know a lot more than I do about some of these specialist areas and have been involved in the medical industry for a lot longer than I have. And, you know, I have to kind of take a, a leaf out of someone like Steve Jobs's book here where he goes, well, what's the point of hiring great people and then telling them what to do? You know, they should tell you what to do. So we certainly subscribe to that, or I personally do, and we do a lot of listening really to what's going on and we try and help and support wherever we can. And what do you consider your greatest work-related achievement to date? Well, I think that really has to be VP and really what we've done with this organisation. And, you know, it's not just me, it's a whole team of people that, that need a credit for this because what we've all done is taken a traditional distribution model of really essentially box shifting and move it into something that we all believe in, which is adding value it just seems to have happened that we've worked that through through an education channel, uh, through the very much of community and sharing ideas. But also, it's a massive privilege to me to serve in this industry and to be given the opportunity to do that. So obviously, I need to thank my dad for that. But it's also a great uh, thing to be working with a superb team of people and a team of people that are very, very dedicated and do long, long hours. Um, Again, that's not a lot that people see within our world is, you know, the four or five o'clock starts and the rolling back home at nine, ten o'clock at night from long days, you know, because we have to work theatre times. So sometimes eight thirty in the morning till or even earlier till five, six at night. So by the time you factor travel into that and conversations either side of that, these are long days. Yeah. So we have a great team of people that are really buy into this. And, um, you know, none of this can be achieved without those guys. Yeah. So, Adrian. Uh Sounds an exciting journey from uh, just just you and your dad to a scale-up business of 24 people and growing rapidly. Uh, were there any mistakes along the way? Ah, oh, crikey. Uh, where do I start with that, Chris? There's a, how long have we got? Um, there, <laughs> there is many. Um, not sure where to start, but certainly I think... Um, thinking I knew more than I did, certainly going back to my design days um, and probably not listening enough, again, certainly as part of the early stage of my careers, not asking for help when I needed it. Um, I think there is the massive perception that as a leader you should know everything and that is absolutely not the case. Um, I think overreacting, I think we've all tended to do that and every now and then you still fall back into that, but I'm very mindful of that now and it's amazing how much you kind of go, okay, I'm just going to step back and see what happens here. And it sorts itself out. And I have to say, probably nine times out of ten that happens. And then try not to do too much on your own. Again, I think that this whole thing of working as a team and working together and sharing more is so, so important. Uh, is, is that... Um is that your main learning from, from that or are there other things you've learned along that journey? Oh, many. Well, I think the key thing is as if this is about you know in terms of leadership is really having a clear purpose and understanding your why and i think as soon as that became clearer to me it became very very uh, powerful to actually push that forwards as an idea and to push forwards what you believe in so having that purpose vision and defining those values are really so important 
particularly nowadays where organizations are tending to kind of merge in terms of well, I'm not quite sure what that organization is or stands for. I think standing for something, having a clear purpose is really important. Getting that right, then you can start to actually build a culture. And then you get a culture of people and a team of people which almost kind of drive themselves. And that's one of the great things to see is that you can really start to practice that servant leadership style when you've got a team of people that just seem to thrive on the belief and vision of doing the right thing, which I think is what we all do. And I think everybody in that organi- our organization believes that. Um, and then finally, I think the most important thing for us has been, you know, right people in the right seats. You know, and we have moved people around if we feel people are uncomfortable. Um, that's worked quite well. But we have some great people in VP. And they, as I say, the culture tends to drive this business now. Yeah. So you've set the mission, you've given them headroom and autonomy. Are, are there any other things that you point out that are, that are contributed or part of that distinctive culture? I think teamwork, teamship, there's certainly a lot of that that goes on. Um, we, we promote people working together. You know, If somebody wants to go to a case or work on a particular teaching and training exercise or mechanism with others, then we'll say, okay, take someone with you, work together. So we tend to do that a lot now, whereas in a lot of other industries in our world, it's very much why use that other person going with you. You know, why is there two or three people on that project or on that particular case? We think that's the right thing to do because people feel supported. What's what's the person or experience that's inspired you most, Adrian? Oh, crikey. Um, so... I would say there's one guy in particular, a guy called Mike Skidmore, who's a a very talented brand strategist and portrait painter that I worked with uh, back in 2003. And Mike really helped me understand the value of visualizing what it is you're trying to show or explain. Now, Mike came from a design background too, but he really did try and push me to promote design thinking, uh, to share and solve problems, but also to draw more and work more visually, which sounds crazy coming from a design background, but he really did explain to me that words are often a barrier to communication. Um, The deeper understanding of those words are important, and to actually have a deeper understanding of business and the problems that are surrounding them, and to, when you are trying to communicate more with the team, certainly do that in a more engaging way. Mm. Try and draw more, try and facilitate more, try and do it in more workshop-orientated environments, rather than just sit people down and give them death by PowerPoint. So we do try, I certainly try, and Mike taught me that really, was to use those skills to really connect more with people and visualise more. And there's a lot of empathy, I think, when you start visualising. You know, I think people, I think, as I say, having words thrown at you more is, and more and more words tend to kind of make people slow down more in terms of their acceleration of knowledge and experiences. That's really interesting. On the on the last podcast with Oriel uh, Majumda, we were talking about the use of visual techniques in, in coaching and how powerful they could be. Yeah. What does your uh, self-care regime look like? Well, okay, so I have a, um, a crazy brown Labrador uh, that makes me go for walks every day. Um, so uh, I do that, and certainly when I'm around. Obviously, when I'm traveling on business, it's sometimes difficult to do that although there are certain cardiologists that would say there's no excuse. Um, So when I'm at home and I'm around, I tend to do kind of four to five miles a day, and that's great. I'm just out in the countryside. So I live just on the edge of the Peak District. So we 
just get my stuff on and go. And it doesn't matter whatever the weather, my dog Wilson will come and headbutt me and go, let's go. And by the time you've got your kind of waterproofs on and the amount of times that I go, you know what, I'll just go to the end of the road and back. Once you're out there, you just keep going. And that's superb for me because it does create a lot of headspace to think. And there's so many ideas I can point to in the business that had I not been out walking would probably have never happened. Uh, do you think the fact that um, the business is primarily concerned with cardiology, that makes you more uh, health and health aware? It does. Yeah, it absolutely does. Um, in fact, we have a whole team that is um, uh, very dedicated, I think, to you know health and fitness. You know, we have people doing Ironmans. Um, I'll need to mention um, Taya and Gareth and Noel. These are people that are just constantly, uh, they do crazy things at the weekends like uh, mountain versus horse and man and all this kind of thing. So, yeah, they just run for miles. So could you tell me about uh, some initiatives that you've taken to make your workplace more convivial? Ah, Well, uh, I think this is one of these questions, Chris, that you'd be great to ask the team. But one of the things that we we do do is is try and certainly capture the work that we've all done throughout the year. And every year we produce a family album, um, which is what we call it, the VP family album, whereby we capture all of the pictures, everything that we've done throughout the whole year, and there's some great things just to remind ourselves really of the great work we're doing. Some of the events we've run, some of the places we've all been, some of the early starts, some of the late finishes. And it just seems to be a great way to capture that. And and I think the team really appreciate that. And myself and um, one of the designers and uh, photographers within the business, Andy, we spend quite a bit of time choosing the photos, finding the right photos to actually put into this. But we try and make it very much about what's and all, everything that we grab. Uh, that goes on throughout the year we put into this. The other one is trying to get the team meetings um, in different locations and spending quality time rather than just everybody jumping on a plane for two hours, having a three-hour meeting and then jumping on another plane to come home. We're definitely trying to do more uh, quality time together, spend more time, so we may well book in two or three days in one place where we can all just chill and get to talk to each other because we're all so busy flying all around the country, literally, that spending quality time together has been a really, really important thing for us to do. Thank you. So, I mean, <coughs> I can see how innovation, communication, connection are, are pretty important words to you uh, and uh, how they drive your organisation forward. Is there something you'd like to achieve at work or uh, in your life outside of work? Uh, a couple of things, really. Um First of all, this August, I'm going to go and start to try and learn how to fly a plane. So um, that could be interesting. It's in Spain, so you're all right, Chris. It's not local. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to try and do that. That's always something I've wanted to do. So there's me and a friend of mine that are going to go and do that for a week. Um, we've just ordered all our books, which um, that will consume my life, I think, for the next six weeks is reading all of those. Um And, you know, in the work side of things, um, certainly that is uh, about feeling that we can and should transition some of the next generation of leaders within the business because um, that's going to become important, certainly to me personally, that we help those guys develop and move on to the next rung in their careers. So how are you, how are you fostering that development? Do you want to say a few words about that? Yeah, so we've, we're going through a whole range of things at the moment in terms of certainly specking out uh, a job description for people and also 
getting the roles and responsibilities clear. And then what we're doing is mapping out really the steps to leading those positions in the right way. We have, uh, there's a team of people that support me. Um, again, in what we do, I do. Um, there's Nick, who I know you know. There's mm-hmm. Mike. Um, and there's Simon, who I've mentioned. So we tend to see see ourselves as the support mechanism for these guys to try and help them develop because it's very, very much bottom-up approach in terms of the principles that we follow is, you know, we're there to support these guys because if one of the things that we don't want to do is run a hierarchical business, but we do want to run a very supportive business. So culturally, we are there to help those guys and we're mapping out that plan now. I get the impression from Nick that there's quite a bit of mentoring Yeah, there is. So that has been one of the things is making sure that the guys do get the right mentors and getting the right coaching on the sidelines because they need people to go to and talk to about where they're at in their career paths. So then a big part of what, and again, it comes back to talking about the teamwork side of this, is that people are not on their own. Um, And it's been one of the things that I think has been very good for us as a business is to make sure we work in teams we support each other and people get the right support they need. So we've been talking about mentoring. What's what's the advice that you personally would give to aspiring leaders? Right, so uh, where do I start with that? Um, certainly I think you've got to live an entrepreneurial life and try new things. Um, I don't think you should be afraid to try. I think that's one of the things that we've been very good at in VP is to keep trying things. Uh, keep learning reading, watching and developing, um, because there is no finish line to your training and education. I think the older certainly I've got, the more you realise you don't know, and the more there is to know. So that, again, needs to open up. Stretch yourself, and I think you've got to be able to do that and stretch others. Really understand that you can't settle for it's good enough. You know, you've really got to be pushing constantly um, on on the development of people as well as projects and the quality of them. I think certainly getting good people around you and listen to them. You know, it's what I was saying earlier, that you've really got to ask people those questions, but also receive that information in the right way too. And I think the key is that you have to got to be passionate. It doesn't really matter what it is you're doing. Providing you're passionate about it, that will transfer to others. And building that desire to challenge something for the better and the greater good is also hugely important. And I do think that carries people with you and the people believe in that, they'll, um, they'll, they'll buy into you and buy into that vision and buy into the greater good of the company. And um, is there a book, podcast or video that you'd uh, recommend to uh, aspiring leaders? There is. Um, I, it depends on when you ask me this question, Chris. If you'd have asked me this six months ago, I'd have probably said different things because different things come to you at different times and you go, wow, that's amazing. So there's... There's one book in particular that seems to have stuck with me for longer than any others. And there are some great books out there. Um, But there is a particular book by a guy called David Marquette, um, Turn the Ship Around. Uh, Now, David Marquette was a submarine commander in the U.S. Navy. um, And essentially what he did was he decided to take on a whole new world of leadership and embarked on a rather than leader-follower model, he he worked on a leader-leader model. And the whole story is about how he changed his approach, how he changed the approach of the Navy, and in particular one ship, and the effects of that and the challenges. 
but the positivity of that and the whole story around it is very compelling. So that's Turn the Ship Around. Yeah, David Marquette, I recommend that. You can get it in the book or you can get it on audiobook. It's fantastic on audio because he's telling the story and it does add a different dimension. The other one is uh, a TED Talk by Hamdi Aloka. I'm not sure if I've pronounced that properly, but uh, and it's called the Anti-CEO Playbook. It's a fascinating story of how a guy takes on an unbelievable challenge, but he takes the challenge not for the purpose of making a fast book. He takes on the challenge that actually, because he believes it's the right thing to do. And his whole principles around that, he's very honest. And again, I think that's the thing that you have to be in business and certainly in leadership, he's very honest. And how he talks about building that team and really taking on a project that really does make a massive difference to people. Thank you. Um, that was that was great, Adrian. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Compassionate Leadership Interview. You can order Compassionate Leadership, the book, at www.compassionate-leadership.co.uk. This show was uh, recorded at Rebel Base Media, produced by Ellie Massey, and the music was brought to you by 96 Back on CPU Records. <laughs>